Hello, dear friends. Welcome to Being an Everyday Hero, episode number 15. This one's called Never a Stranger. My name is Brett Culp. Thanks for being here. We all live in cultures. We live in groups and worlds that we get very comfortable in. And that's a very important part of life, having connection with each other and feeling safe and secure in our spaces. But this episode is really addressing the idea of what happens when someone new walks in. When someone joins a culture that is set and comfortable for us, how do we respond? What signals are we sending? Are we doing it purposely or unconsciously? And how can we help people that are joining us within our cultures feel welcome, safe, and open? And this applies to families, social and casual events. It applies to business structures and business events and business cultures and workplace. It also applies to anything you might be doing in the community. Whatever you're doing that is about people and making connections with people and bringing people together, This episode, I hope, will share valuable insights and encouragements about how we can make people feel more comfortable and, in the process, make the world a more beautiful, open, loving place where people feel welcome and their aloneness just vanishes in the process. So that's what we're going to talk about today, and I I hope that's helpful to you. Before we dive into that, if you live anywhere near Bowling Green, Kentucky, on September the 15th, which is a Thursday, I'm going to be the keynote speaker for a big event for the United Way. They're celebrating a big anniversary there that night and doing a, a big gala in the biggest event facility they have in Bowling Green, Kentucky. And so if you're close by there and you would like to join us and support that organization and hear me talk for about 25 minutes that night and share some thoughts about what it is to be an everyday hero, I'd love to see you there. I think you can just Google United Way of Southern Kentucky, and you can go to their website and find out more about how you might get a ticket if you'd like to join us that night. We're really close to Nashville, Tennessee, so if you're in the Nashville area and you'd like to drive up and join us, uh, it's, I think it's about an hour away. So love to see you there if you're available. And if you uh, found out about it from the podcast, please come up to me and say hello and give me a hug. Love to connect with you there. So, never a stranger. I was, I I started my filmmaking career filming weddings and special events. That's where I learned how to do what I'm doing now. So now most of what I'm doing is documentary filmmaking and, but I learned how to do that through filming weddings and bar and bat mitzvahs and quinceaneras and all these different types of events that were part of that anniversary parties and birthday parties. And I've probably filmed, I don't, I don't know, three, four, 500 events in my life, which has taught me the skills to do what I do today. So if you're feeling today, like some of the mundane stuff you're doing doesn't matter, it does because at the time there were times when I felt like what I was doing didn't matter, but the experiences of it were teaching me the skills I needed for what I'm doing today. So Press on, keep learning, and keep growing. Just keep pressing yourself to move forward. Don't get stuck where you are. The trick is to keep moving ahead and making progress. So because of the kind of work I was doing, and there were times early on in my career where sometimes I would film like three weddings a weekend. I would film one on Friday, one on Saturday, maybe one Sunday afternoon, or maybe I'd film one on Saturday morning and on Saturday night. I was working for all these different types of companies who were giving me different work to do and 
just paying me a fee and I'd film and then drop the tapes off to them on Monday. In those days, I constantly found myself a stranger in a strange land, which meant I was walking into environments, meeting families for the very first time. You know, when you're doing that many weddings, you're not, you don't have a lot of time to meet with them in advance. So, and I wasn't getting paid very much money for these events. And so, you know, you would walk in and meet the family for the very first time. You would meet, you know, sometimes you were walking into a location for the very first time. I can remember the very first time I walked into an Orthodox Jewish synagogue. And I was not, because of the way I grew up, I had never been part of anything like that before. I had never walked in there before. And it was like, whoa, I I wasn't ready for it. I wasn't, I didn't know what they were doing. I didn't understand their traditions and their customs. I didn't understand that you couldn't be in this room or this space without your head covered and wearing this. And I I didn't understand any of that. And and I did that throughout my career, whether uh, whatever culture, I mean, I've worked with so many different cultures, nearly every culture you could name. I filmed one of those weddings. I've seen so many things and been in so many places. I've walked into synagogues and temples and church buildings and all kinds of spaces that were new to me. And most of the time, I'll just be completely frank with you, most of the time I would walk in and I knew I was going to be a stranger and I was going to be treated like a stranger. So I would walk in and the whoever was in charge uh, of the location would, if they saw me, when they saw me, would walk up to me and treat me like a stranger, treat me like someone that really wasn't welcome in that space. And there probably was a reason they'd probably had a bad experience with a uh, a wedding filmmaker or with a photographer. And so they kind of had this predisposition to treat me with hostility, even though I am was always very nice and very open and very flexible, but they'd probably had a past experience they were bringing to that. And so... Typically, I would walk in and it was like this. I was an outsider and I was treated like an outsider and I had to kind of fight to get my own needs met and fight to figure out how to get what I needed and what I wanted. And I felt like I was fighting against the structure that was already set and settled and in place. And again, like I said, I understand why on many occasions that's the way it, it need it was or it 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 had been formed, but those experiences also kind of opened my eyes to how often we are in situations, or I find myself in a situation where I walk into a new space, and the people that are the locals, the people that are the regulars, the people that are there all the time, feel like this is our space. We're comfortable here. We are connected here. This is, we have built it. We have put it together our way. And they see me as a hostile invader coming in that's going to disturb their world. And so they kind of treat me at, you know, they keep me at arm's length and they treat me like a stranger who even is kind of a little bit dangerous. Now, I don't think that experience that I had, even though maybe it was a little bit on the extreme side, is that much different 
than what a lot of us are experiencing or maybe even unconsciously experiencing in the environments we're in. We long for connectedness. And when we have it, we will protect it. We don't want it to go away. We are fearful of it being disturbed. And so any environment or culture that we find ourselves in where we feel comfortable and stable and it's predictable, you know, we we love that. We instinctively long for that not to be upset, for that to stay the way it is. And so when there's a disturbance in the force, as it were, and, and someone joins in a, with us in that, and I think we have an instinctive feeling that that is a threat to us. And again, I don't think we do it intentionally. I, I think we we do it without realizing we're doing it. And we, we, we hold tightly to that and, and don't let people in. And so... I think this discussion is very important, whether it comes, it's about our workplace or it's about, you know, our family and our, our home and the way we perceive people coming into our home or the way we perceive the, the social groups or the religious groups or the community groups that we're part of is becoming aware of what it's like for someone to walk in for the first time and making a decision that we are going to be part of welcoming them into that space and making them feel at home in that place. It may be that you hear me say that and you say, yeah, but I don't want to do that. Okay, well, then that's your conscious, intentional decision to not welcome people in. But I think most of what we do is a little bit unconscious. We are not aware of how the other person is feeling because we're so focused and I'm guilty of it too. We're focused on how those communities and spaces we're in are meeting our own needs. And so we gravitate towards those spaces. So we see a friend that we haven't seen in a week, or you know, we think about the project or the thing that's on our mind, and our focus is 100% on us, on what I need, on what I want, on why I showed up, on why I am here. And we forget, we kind of put these blinders on, like the you know horse wears a blinder to keep him from being able to see the left and right. We kind of lose our perspective on how other people are feeling in that space. So I remember the very first time, for example, I walked into a Jewish synagogue and had no idea where I was and what I was doing. And I want to tell you that this was, I was probably... 24 years old, and this was my first experience with anything like this before, and I was blessed to have one of the nicest people in the world that was the facility manager of that space, I'm not sure if that was the right title, spot me, young me, and walk up to me and be very, very helpful. And that help that they provided was a huge difference maker for me. And, and not only affected my ability to perform that day and to capture something really nice for this family that I was working with, but also just to just in terms of the human side of it, there are one of our biggest problems, one of our biggest challenges in the world, period, is loneliness, is that we feel alone. We feel disconnected. We feel by ourselves. And 
we can talk about social media and how you know now we through the internet and through all these platforms we can be connected with anybody but i still talk to people who you know no matter how much time they spend on those platforms they often still feel alone in their heart they don't feel connected to people they don't they still feel alone and you know, one of the greatest challenges, there's this great quote that Mother Teresa, someone said, you know, how can I help you today? Someone was asking her, you know, how can I be helpful? And her answer was, go out and find someone right now that thinks that they're lonely, that believes that they're lonely, that feels lonely, and convince them that they're not alone. Convince them that they're not alone. And so, even beyond the the everyday tasks of the things we're doing, on a deeper level, one of our most important jobs as people, as humans, in this thing together, is to help each other not feel lonely, to try to erase and take away the loneliness. And this this kind of discussion is one of the ways that we can do that, because on that day that that, that, that lady at that synagogue helped me feel welcome, she not only helped me do my job well that day but she also made me feel more welcome as a person person to person i felt more connected to that space to those people i felt less alone that day i felt less by myself i got very used to as a wedding filmmaker kind of feeling alone feeling like typically i was in spaces where i kind of wasn't welcome i was an outsider i was a stranger i walked in one day and i may never walk into that that church or that location again and I was just kind of on my own by myself, solo, doing my own thing. But but in the, the rare circumstances where somebody really reached out to help me, it wasn't, again, just about helping me do my job well. It was about the experience I had and what that experience affirmed for me about it, what it was like to be alive, about what the reality, truest reality is about our the space we live in together is that there is connectedness. There can be connectedness. And we are not alone. I'm not alone. You're not alone. That that there is opportunity for us to be connected to each other and to, to things that are higher than us. And in those spaces, to be able to, to feel that deeper connection. So... That's kind of theoretical, philosophical about the way I feel about this and why I feel like it's so important to be welcoming, to kind of break through and to connect with people. But now let me be practical for a minute. Let me give you some very practical ideas for how we can do that better. So the first thing is, is just awareness. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, when you're in a safe space, when you're in a space that you have ownership in, that's really yours, to to start to open your eyes and really look around at what's around you. You know, in many of our spaces, our workplaces, um, our, you know, religious, social gatherings, a lot of times we have systems. We've built systems. We realize that this is a problem, so we have built a system. So when you walk in the door for the very first time, there is someone there to greet you, to say hello, to give you a name tag, to you know connect you to someone who's going to escort you around, who's going to give you a tour, all that stuff. There's greeters and you know all these things. Or in a workplace, there is a protocol. When you're a new person, they walk you through for the first day this protocol where someone in HR takes you around and introduces you and all that stuff. 
those systems are all great. But but as human beings, we know when we're in a system and when we're being connecting with people human to human. You can have all of those systems in place, but if the people in the culture, if the culture itself is not open and warm, then all of those systems really don't matter. You can have the greatest process where nobody gets missed and everybody gets seen and they all get their sticker and they all get their packet and they all get all that stuff. But if the culture itself is not built in a way that welcomes people into it in a very human, real, connectable way, then all those systems didn't matter much. They were just information or pamphlets or CDs or DVDs or whatever to take home, and it didn't really create real connection for people. So so it's about building a culture where everybody is kind of more aware of what's going on and where where people are and and when you then have this kind of radar in your mind that goes off and says okay someone new is here someone new has walked into this space we have either a guest or we have someone who is new joining what we're doing then then i think the first thing that has to happen is there has to be a level of empathy that goes off in you that says okay i can remember what it was like to be new here or I can remember a week ago when I was in a space when it was new for me, when I went to this gym for the first time, when I went to this restaurant for the first time, when I walked into this this other space for the very first time, and I can remember what that was like, and I can kind of mentally project that on them and and be empathetic and caring about where they are right now and sensitive to how they're probably or could be feeling. And so what I then like to do, and and I've had others do this to me, I'm not the first person to do this, I've kind of stolen this, is I walk up to them, and again, it depends on the circumstances, but I like to say something like, hi, I'm Brett, have we met before? And I really like saying that to people because even if I'm pretty certain in my mind that we haven't met before, because number one, in case we have met before and I've just forgotten it, I want them to be able to say back to me, oh yeah, we met here. And I'm like, oh yeah, now I remember when we met. So it kind of gives me uh, a little bit of flexibility. But I find that walking up to someone and that's new and asking them a question, not starting with a statement, but asking them a question is good because it takes someone who is walking to an environment that they feel very out of control of and you're giving them some control. You're giving them the opportunity to control the conversation by asking a question at first. So to say, hi, you know, I'm Brett. Have we met before? And then let them say back to me, you know, no, we've we've never met before. Oh, okay. And then you can launch in, into the conversation. And for me, um, one, one of the, the next steps in the in the in the conversation that I think is most helpful is to move the conversation towards something along the lines of how can I help you how can I help you and what that does is it it does something that that is a shift potentially in perspective which is you know you are not just a, you're not a stranger coming in and you need to feel like an outsider i want you to know that i am here to, to to be of service to you that my goal is to make your world better that my goal is to be a helper 
So how, how can I help you? is is a great way to start and that may kind of sound like a little bit customer servicey like maybe that's something that you get to said have somebody say to you at the customer service desk at target i get that so you may want to personalize it with your own way of doing it but that essence is really what you want to communicate because it gives them the freedom to be where they are they may say oh there's really nothing you can help me with but usually, if they truly are someone you're connecting with for the first time and you're saying, hey, I'd really love to help you. How, how can I help? Is there anything I can do to help you? you? You usually will be surprised at what they will say because almost everyone who is a stranger in a strange land has some sort of problem that needs to be solved. It may be that they don't know where the bathroom is. It may be that they can't find their seat or there's something missing or they're not sure how to deal with something or they're lost or, you know, I mean, there could be so many different things. And by asking an open-ended question like that, you can let their needs control it. Sometimes when someone will say, you know, have I met you before or you're new here or whatever, then our inclination is to say, oh, okay, well, then I know what you need. And now I'm going to tell you. <laughs> and we launch into something. Oh, you're new here? Oh, we've never met before? Well, then let me, let's do this. What you need is a tour. What you need is this. What you need is to meet this person. What you need is to do that. Well, that may not be what they need. <laughs> they may know all of that already, or they may be at a point where knowing all that stuff that you want to tell them is not helpful for them right now, is, is overwhelming to them. What they need, what a stranger in a strange land needs, is a bit of a feeling of stability and a little bit of control. And so by asking questions and letting them set the tempo, let them set the direction, being flexible to what their needs really are, you are showing them that they matter, that they care, that they're important. So so, so that that's how, that's, that's the best way I've found to do it. Now, let me give you an example of going back to my experience at this synagogue. I went into the main area of the synagogue where the, the, uh, up, up onto the beam, I needed to go up there to put a microphone there to record, um, what was going to happen with the service. Well, what I didn't know because it was my first experience there is that when you go into this main auditorium in a Jewish synagogue, as a man, you, you have to have your, your head covered. That's what the yarmulke is for. I didn't know that. And so I walked in, and I just walked in. And this is where I met the person who was kind of the facility manager here who was in charge of everything. And she walked right over to me in a very you know uh, proactive way. And what she could have said which has been said, kind of thing that's been said to me on other occasions, is to tell me all the ways that I'm doing it wrong right now. Is to say, you have just blown it. You have offended me and you have violated our culture and you clearly are not part of, I mean, she could have said all that and it all would have been deserved because I didn't know what I was doing. But instead, and I don't remember exactly what she said, but the essence of it, which I use all the time, was something to the extent of, can I show you something that might be helpful? <laughs> it was a, it was a, even though she had the complete right, because I was in her space, this was her place, this was her home, this was her culture, this was her world, she had every right to just walk up to me and tell me all the things I was doing wrong and that I didn't know because I was an outsider. 
She instead said, I want to help you. Can I show you something that would be, I think would be helpful to you? And I said, sure. Because I was being invited into a very warm space, into an, into an open, generous space. And so when I said yes, she said, come with me. And so she took me out of the room and she said, okay, if you're going to be in there, you have to wear this. Let me, can I, can I show you how to put this on and clip it? And, and she did, and she showed me. And instead of feeling like a fool, which I deserved probably to have felt like a fool, she instead, through her openness, invited me into the space. And even though I'm not Jewish, I felt now like she was introducing me into a way to be part of of their community, of their culture in, 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 in a way. And so she was, she was warmly, gently inviting me in, in the way that I could participate in that moment. And that was different than a condemnation or a controlling, here's where you're doing it wrong and come with me right now and all of that kind of stuff. And I've never forgotten that. I've always remembered that and I've and I've by contrast been in so many other spaces in my life where I was trying to do something that seemed like okay well this is the way I've done it in other churches so I assume this is the way I'll do it here and had somebody yell at me because that's not the way we do it here and this isn't how we handle this and I don't know where you did learn this and that was wrong over there and no don't do that here that is the easy thing we fall into as the protection of that space, that culture, that community that we want to preserve and that matters to us. The heart of that is a good heart. It's a heart to protect something that matters and that's special. So I get that. But when you're dealing with strangers, the rules are a little different, I think, in terms of really creating that vibe that we want to send out into the world about who we are. So those, all those things, what's amazing about that is that when you handle it in a, in a way that's inviting, you're essentially saying to that person, we're happy you're here. We're glad you're here. Because when you do these other things, what you're essentially emotionally implying is that we're not happy you're here. We don't want you here. You're not welcome here. You're not part of this. This is not for you. And again, that's not the message we want to be sending to each other. None of us want to be sending to each other, I think, in the world. So that's why those are so important. And 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 then a couple of other just little things that have been helpful to me on many occasions, particularly in business-type environments, is to have something said, someone say to me something like, is there anyone I can introduce you to? That's one of the most helpful things that you can say to somebody in a business environment. I mean, there's lots of environments too where that's important. But but when you're when I walk into a networking meeting uh, or a new business space or a conference and I meet someone for the first time, that's kind of what's on my mind is is that. But again, it applies to many other spaces too, because there's nothing better than a warm introduction than somebody walking you over to someone they know well that you want to meet and saying, you know what, I'd like you to meet this guy. That's one of the greatest gifts you can give somebody in a setting where they feel uncomfortable, where they have to proactively do it, where they feel like an outsider. And And then you know also when you're in the process of helping people 
and maybe you, you know, maybe they asked you a question, you know, you said, you know, how can I help you? And they said, well, I need this. This is what I need. This is what I need help with. And you present the solution that you think is the solution for that to kind of watch their body language because you may present a solution that doesn't work for them. You may present a solution that really doesn't meet their needs. You may have presented a solution that you didn't understand. And sometimes then it requires a follow-up question is if they immediately respond and you know engage, fine. But if you don't see an immediate response from them or you feel some hesitation, a great follow-up question is, is that comfortable for you? It, what I just said, is that is that... Is that helpful? Is that comfortable? Does that work for you? Some iteration of that can then lead to the next thing. Again, remembering that many people when they walk into new spaces really are not comfortable and they have a lot of hesitation and they have fears and they have doubts and they have worries, but you're essentially carefully, one step at a time, sensitively inviting them into the space, inviting them to go deeper into that, but you're doing it in a way that is very welcoming and open. And that's really the kind of world we want to live in. That's the kind of world I want to live in, where even when I walk into spaces where I've never been before and I don't know anyone, within just a couple of minutes, I feel at home. I feel like I'm wanted. I feel like people want me there that that the their space is better because I'm there. Those are the kind of spaces we as people long to be in. We just long for that. Oh my goodness. Can you imagine walking into a space where people instantly just, you felt wanted and desired and people expressed to you that we're glad you're here and the our world is better because you're here. That's the kind of space we all desire to be in. And yet, so many of our spaces don't feel like that. And so my encouragement to you today is to start to be more intentional, to start to think more about how you can bring and how you can bring a more open, sensitive, expansive heart to all of the settings that you belong to, that you that are home for you, so that you can invite people in and extend the kind of love and belonging and help and care and compassion and kindness that all of us need, that all of us want, and that the world can be full of. Thank you so much for being here today. I hope this was helpful. I hope this episode made a positive difference for you. If it was helpful, I hope you'll share it, and you can comment wherever you found it so that other people can engage with it too and will be encouraged to do that. I hope that uh, you have a wonderful, wonderful week, and I'm sending you love and big hugs. Have a heroic day.